The content here is for informational purposes only and should not be taken as medical advice. Please consult a healthcare professional with any medical questions and concerns. If you are experiencing an emergency or need immediate help, call 911. In no way does listening, reading, emailing, or interacting on social media with our content establish a therapeutic relationship. I just get so angry. It's hard to sit still. I don't want to be this way. My brain just feels all scrambled. Welcome to Scrambled. I'm your co-host, Nikki Shields. And I'm Chad Douglas. We welcome you to episode 15 titled, United We Stand. And that's our title for this, but to finish the quote from John Dickinson, divided we fall, right? Because we're talking to parents today, and it's about what happens when parents disagree. Parents disagree a lot. They disagree so, so much. We have been kind of joking about this and looking forward to this topic for several weeks now, because Mm -hmm. we both have had many, many experiences related to the topic that we're going to discuss tonight, because it turns out you can't really raise a child without disagreeing with your co-parent, your significant other, your spouse, or any other people um, in the child's life. It just is kind of part of the deal. Right. I would say by and large, most people parent the way they were parented, right? Oftentimes. I would say that's not necessarily a most kind of thing. Okay. Um, I would say some do. I would say that some also parent differently than their parents because maybe they didn't like the experience. But um, some of that is also kind of hardwired in from your early experiences. From my perspective, I parent the way I used to parent the way my parents parented me, which I had great parents. Um, But then after being married for several years, then that person parents the way they were parented. And then so you kind of mesh together and you pick up things from them that you like. Be like, oh, Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that. And then you pick up things that you don't Mm -hmm. like. And you're like, wait a minute. Mm -hmm. So then you give your children a brand new, like um, smooshed together parenting style. So when they become parents, they can do it that way. Right. And and they take theirs and then they mush it with somebody else. Yeah, that's, that's exactly it. And I think each generation tries to do some things different and does some things the same. And Parenting has changed a lot over the last 100 years. I mean, if we, you know, wanted to dig into some of the research, there's there's been a lot of changes in it. But the one thing that doesn't change ever is that the parents disagree with each other about how to respond to things and how to manage behaviors. I want to go back to something you you said. We were getting kind of ahead of ourselves here, but uh, we absolutely parent the way that we were parented, whether we mean to or not. Right. So so we do right. that sometimes. Some people recognize things they didn't like about their own childhood and they go, I'm going to do this differently. But what we realize that is that in moments of stress, some of that stuff surfaces and we open mm. our mouth and our, our mother or our father comes out and we're like, oh, my gosh, how did this happen? How did I get here? And some of that's because, you know, mom and dad weren't so far off the mark. Right. They <laughs> that's, that's just kind of how we respond to things sometimes. But so I, I would say that there are a vast majority of parents who you know, have a mix of what, like what you said, they, they bring to the table stuff that they were raised with and what they know, but then they kind of try their own thing. And then they mesh that with their significant other or their co-parent and um, get a whole new hybrid uh, parenting approach. Hybrid, by the way, the word I was looking for, and I'll like it come up with smush together. So nice <laughs> synonym, but hey, it works. Hybrid. I'm going to write that down. We, we got there eventually. Smushed is a good <laughs> word. I think everybody visualizes smushed. That's very evocative. Um, the, the one thing that we know for sure is that there will be disagreements, right? And, mm-hmm. and this is true whether your kids have a mental health condition or not. 
If right. you, you know, just, just any, anybody raising kids, you know, there's going to be disagreements in, in how you do it. And some of that is because of maybe value differences, experience differences could be like you had already said, and we talked about a little bit how we were raised ourselves. The hard thing is that we might talk like before we have children with someone, we might talk a little bit about, you know, this is, you know, I want to have kids or, you know, here's what I would like to do if we have children. Uh, but you don't really know till you're there. You don't, you don't know the things you're going to disagree about until you're in the middle of a disagreement. I always tell friends who have new parents, I'm like, you will do things you swore you would never do or mm -hmm. say things you never thought would come out of your mouth. So yep. yeah, that happens. And sometimes it's fun. That's, that's once one word. Once yeah. you're removed from it. <laughs> I remember, uh, and I won't call out a, a certain person, but I, I witnessed this, and then it happened to me when I became a parent. They had a toddler at the time, and the toddler comes up and smacks somebody, and so the parent goes over and on the wrist, smacks, and goes, we don't hit. And I went, <laughs> wait a minute. <laughs> and then one day when I did that to my son, I was like, huh. <laughs> happen yeah, yeah. look what look what this happened yeah. so yeah. Oh, that that happens frequently and it's it's really one of those things where you think you know what you're doing until you're doing it and then you realize oh my gosh I know nothing and right. and every time this is the thing about kids every time you figure it out you know you've got a rhythm everybody's on the same page this is how we're going to handle discipline or this is how we're going to handle this particular behavior pattern they it's like they level up and so then you have to start all over and you know and I would say our house right now is in a, in a brand new level it's like hmm. Super Mario Brothers, you know, level four, six or something. And I, I don't know, you know, where to go from here. It's really, really tough. And um, huh. so you have to renegotiate over mm -hmm. and over and over again until they eventually move out. Right. Right. Nikki, in 15 episodes, I'm going to ask you the dumbest question that's come about in 15 episodes. Are you ready? I cannot wait. How important is it for parents to be on the same page when they parent, especially when it comes to disciplining? Okay, so I have uh, what you might expect is a complicated answer because mm -hmm. um, in 15 episodes, I've had several of those. But <laughs> so it's very important that parents be on the same page, but it is very seldom that they are. Okay. At least initially. And mm -hmm. they, but, but the good news is we can get there. We can absolutely get there. But it, it, it is one of the most critical parts of like getting through parenthood with some sanity yourself is, is being able to have kind of a common ground and, you know, mutual respect and being able to kind of work through these things without fireworks, but it is so hard to do. And it's, it's the kind of work that you just have to go through. It's the, it's the kind of, um, well, it's just hard, it, but you, you just have to do it. And, and you can read all the websites and you can go to all the experts and you can have all kinds of therapy and counseling and you can, you can get all kinds of support. But even with those things on board or even with new knowledge or new tips or tricks, you just have to do the work of sitting and talking with one another and working through it and coming up with a game plan and then trying new things until you get it right. Step one, the Nikki is going to be when you disagree with your parent, not if, but when, or, or your partner, Nikki, step one then has to be make sure you are calm yourself. I mean, that's always like seems to be our number one tip is check your emotions at the door. So when you have a disagreement with your partner, not if, when, make sure you have calmed down before you do any kind of real reach across mm -hmm. the aisle there and go, okay, let's talk about this. 
Yep. That, that is, that steps one through 15 is, okay. is to get calm and then, then like remain calm and then like get calmer yeah. and then work on calming down from there. Like it, it really is, it, it really is the most important part because the, the thing about being on the same page as parents or being a united front, which is what your kids really need from you, mm-hmm. um, is you, you have to come from a place of mutual respect where even when you disagree, you have respect for one another's perspective. And so here's the thing about perspective. If you are not calm, you don't care about anybody else's perspective. You, it doesn't matter True. Like if, if their beliefs and values are totally valid and in a different state of mind, you, you appreciate that in that red zone or the blue zone, you don't care. You don't care. And so it's, it's so important to know your own responses and be able to check yourself and go, I can't do this right now. I mean, that was, we had a recent, um, we'll call it discussion. Okay. And, uh, I, I, he reminded me, hey, you know what? Maybe now's not the time for us to talk about this. I think we're not listening that well to one another. And of course, my response wasn't very kind mm-hmm. because, you know, when you're escalated and somebody says that, you're like, no, we're going to do this right now, right? <laughs> <laughs> so it's it's really, really hard work. And it starts with exactly what you said, getting calm, being in the green zone, being able to regulate your own emotion and really listen to your partner, listen to their perspective. Personally, for me, I like to choose the passive-aggressive route. <laughs> I tend to do that really, really well. And I'm assuming Okay, so that's... let's talk about that. Give me an okay. example. What's, what's a passive-aggressive thing you might do as, <laughs> as you co-parent? We're going to throw it all out there tonight. One it would be like to pull up something from years ago mm-hmm. or weeks ago or, or a, a, a mm-hmm. fight that was – I'm sorry, a discussion that wasn't properly handled and it's like you throw them up or something yeah. you just know is going to get under their skin yep. just yep. for the sake of being mean. Okay. That's so, frowned upon or – Well, yeah, it's not advised. Um, but it's – but it, I asked you about it because it's so common. Like I think that in relationships, we kind of carry a backpack full of junk mm-hmm. um, and, and things that we can maybe potentially use later um, as a, as a weapon of sorts um, to, to make a point or to, to, you know, kind of jab that person when we're both in the wrong state of mind. And so the key is to like set the backpack down and not think of ways to kind of get at the other person. It's, it's funny how, how quickly those weapons come up though, because you talk about being in the fight or flight zone in the brainstem and how you can't rationalize or, or something, but man, something speeds right through there and goes attack. It, that's exactly it. I, I love what you just said. And I, it brings up such an important point when we are dealing with our kids, right? We're, we're like our, our, you know, mom, mama bear, papa bear mm-hmm. stuff is more likely to come out. Right. And if you think about it, like from a evolutionary perspective, we need to be pretty protective of these little things, right? Like it's our job to keep them safe. And so if we are in a conflict with our significant other or co-parent about our children, we are already in a very primitive state, right? Mm-hmm. Because our, our instinct is to protect. And so you use the word like those weapons get put. Yeah. I mean, because that's the state of mind we're in. Like you, you are saying or doing something that's upsetting me related to my kids. So I'm going to bring out, you know, all my energy for this. Right. And that's, that's why it is so intense. That's a really big reason why parents have such a hard time coming to a place of agreement because it's about your children. It's, it's not like over who's going to do the laundry or who did the dishes last. Like this is about your, your children. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so those conflicts tend to be more intense simply because of what they're about. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you can get in the green, you know, get calm, then the next step, step two is really 
just setting aside your own perspective, going, yeah, my perspective's valid and we'll get there in a minute, but really listening, actively listening to what the other person is trying to say and, and understanding, listening to understand, right? I think the kids do, is it the Covey habits in the school yeah, district? They, you know, so seek to understand, mm-hmm. right? So w- there is no skill you need more in mm-hmm. co-parenting than seeking to understand. And what people, I think, assume about this particular thing until they've had time to really work on it is if you, if you look at seeking to understand and you assume that that means you're not going to get to share your perspective or that it's only about what the other person's thinking, of course, it's going to seem like a terrible thing to focus on. But when you understand another person and you truly understand what they're saying, they now are going to be way more inclined to listen to you and hear you. Mm-hmm. And and so seeking to understand gets gets much more progress moving forward in any kind of conflict than trying to explain yourself. And so um, that's that's an important part is listening, seeking to understand. So you got to get calm. Step one. Step two. Seek to understand. And then I always like to be a gentleman and let my wife apologize first. I mean, <laughs> it's like the least I can do is to let her have that <laughs> that to herself of of her coming to me first to to say she's sorry because you know I, I tell you what. You are a thoughtful guy. <laughs> He's so lucky. He's so lucky. Yeah. <laughs> so she's so good at taking the high road, um, which good for her. I'm I'm not. I, again, go the passive aggressive route. Let's talk some scenarios. So the first one that pops into my mind is arguing in front of the children has to be a no-no. Yes. Okay. So I uh, there's a lot about co-parenting I'm not great at, but this is the thing I'm the worst at. Mm. I, I have a hard time because so, so my, my like red button gets pushed anytime somebody – questions me in the moment like that's a pretty natural response like no who are you to suggest (laughs) I don't know what I'm doing and so um I I struggle but I have to be able to say uh not now now is not the time we will discuss this later but yeah you should not argue about your approach in front of the kids you shouldn't undermine one another Mm, and that's that's gonna be my next topic Yeah, that's a whole topic. But that, I mean, and that's why this is so hard because you have to have enough self-control in that moment to go, I don't like the way he's handling that, or I don't agree with the way she's responding right now, but not call it out in front of the child. Now I will like a little clause here. Like if you're significant, because we all lose it sometimes, right? We all kind of get into a bad state of mind or we've had a really bad day or we're not making great choices. Sometimes we need to be called out. And sometimes Mm -hmm. you have to be the the stronger person in that moment and say, I I know they're going to be mad. And I know this is a conversation we're going to have later, but I see that what's happening is is potentially harmful to my child, their self-esteem, their physical well-being. And of course you shouldn't, you know, keep it to yourself in that moment. But if it's just a matter of, well, I wouldn't handle it that way, you know, wait, talk about it later. Um, Because when kids see you divide, when they see, you know, you fighting each other, a couple things happen. One, they kind of lose faith in the whole system, right? Mm. They go, well, neither one of you know what you're doing, so I'm not going to listen to anyone, right? <laughs> so it, it just kind of breaks that. But then, but then the other thing that happens is that now the arguments between the parents, mm. and it's no longer about the kid. And so whatever the thing was mm. that was going on with the kid, mm. they've now just totally gotten away with it. If it was something they shouldn't get away with, or they haven't learned the lesson, or the need isn't being met, you know, whatever it is that child needs in that moment is lost in the conflict between the the, the co-parents. And so you want to be careful not to not to call each other out in front of the child. Yeah. And then we're, I mean, we're just talking children, but when you have an anxiety disorder on top of it, that can really take their anxiety from zero to 60 uh, mm-hmm. in the snap of a finger because now, oh my gosh, mom and dad are fighting. What's going to happen? That's exactly it. So when, you know, you had said in the beginning, I think that um, being united, being on the same page as co-parents is one of the most important things in it. And it is because when you are, that just gives an extra level of security for that child. They feel safer because they know, hey, 
mom and dad got me. There's no questions here. There's no loopholes. I know what's expected. It is really important to your anxious child that the two of you find some common ground. And I would say that that's one of the toughest things because I, with lots and lots of families that I've worked with over the years, I tend to see a pattern. There'll be one parent that believes we have a mental health issue that we're dealing with, maybe some anxiety, some depression, ADHD, mm. something like that. And then the other parent is saying, you know, nope. we just need some good old fashioned discipline. That yeah. This is this is a behavior problem and you're just letting him or her get away with blah, blah, blah. And that is a hard battle because you have to kind of walk through all your background differences, you know, because maybe that parent that thinks it's a mental health issue also had their own mental health issue. So they're relating to it. Mm-hmm. And maybe the parent who thinks good old fashioned discipline is the way it needs to be. Maybe that's how they were raised and maybe their mental health needs weren't addressed. And so they're like, well, why would we do it any different than that? That's where it's really important that parents have this conversation. I always say you should talk about your differences in parenting before you have kids is best, but at least before they're 13. (laughs) 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 Because once they turn 13, it's on. Different. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It's you have to be on the same page once once you get to those those teen years. Um, and so earlier is better to have conversations. Just curious, why thirteen? Because it's a teenager, or well, because my child is thirteen. Oh, okay. And we've leveled up. And if we hadn't had some of these conversations in the previous years, I, I don't know. I think we might have both moved out and left her to fend for herself. I mean, it's just <laughs> it's on. Yeah. So, yeah, I didn't yeah. know if it was some specific with teenage or <laughs> no, chemicals, no. brain development, or if it was just all about Nikki's. It's really just about me right now, Chad. Cool. Uh, this is my therapy session. Good. So well, if we I've, could just I've, get back on track. I've had plenty of those, uh, 14 <laughs> to be exact. So you can have this one. <laughs> <laughs> this one's for me. Um, but but developmentally, like the, the earlier your kids see you come from a common place of mutual respect, better it's going to be for them. Yeah, that makes sense. So how do you handle the parent that says, I think this is a mental health disorder like anxiety and the other parent be like, nope, he needs some good, hard discipline. Where do you start to build that bridge so you can meet in the middle somewhere? Chances are these this this couple that you're talking about, this fictional couple, they're, they're probably not in a therapy office at the time that you know that these things are coming up. Like I hope that they would consider seeking some support and talking through that because mm-hmm. what a therapist would do would be ask them both about their you know parentage history, what was it like being raised, and have them talk with one another about those differences and and how those differences are playing into their responses to their child. But you know, like I've said before, you don't have to go to therapy to work through things and, and find improvement. And so my hope would be that you could set a time for the two of you to sit down and have that conversation. Talk about what was it like to grow up in your home as a child? What what did you like and dislike about your parents' responses? If the, the parent who thinks that there might be some mental health concerns going on, gather some information. I mean, you know, sometimes it's it's hard to see until you've really looked into it. And so I know even in our house, we have a, a kiddo that was diagnosed with ADHD at age eight. And I had to kind of lay some groundwork because I saw it mm-hmm. earlier on because of what I did. And he didn't really agree with that. He was like, I don't think it's anything. I don't think it's anything to worry about. So I had to find some information that was reliable and kind of help him to see through the lenses I was looking at. And then it was easier to talk about it. So sometimes it's gathering information, doing your research, um, reaching out to, you know, a, an expert on the subject to, to get a little more information. But the, but the big thing is going back to what we said earlier, and that is getting in the green zone, being calm, sitting down, talking about it, and really seeking to understand the other partner's perspective. And if the other partner is not receptive to the information you've gathered? It, it, that is a very real problem. And, you know, that's where you have to kind of figure out like what's in the child's best interest in that moment. 
if you've got a parent who is saying, nope, I'm not willing to acknowledge that this might be a mental health issue, that's sticky. And you might need to, you know, meet with your pediatrician, talk with someone in the healthcare uh, profession to, to kind of help guide you through that. Um, you may want to look at some couples counseling to kind of get at, you know, why are, why do we have such hard lines on this? Um, it is it is really, really tricky if you've got two parents who just, just see that particular thing differently. But even before it gets to that point, uh, it doesn't have to feel like, oh no, we're at an impasse. We're never going to get there. Mm which reminds me of something funny. I'm going to tell you a funny story in just a minute, but I want to go back to that impasse. So oftentimes I recommend to parents, if there's, you know, say the parent that's coming in to see me and talking to me about the child's behavior is the one that thinks that there's a concern and the other parent that's not coming in thinks, I know everything's fine. We just need discipline. I will suggest that the parent with the, the concerns about mental health start trying some different strategies. Don't talk about it. Don't make a thing of it. Don't, you know, get upset. Just try some different strategies and see how they work because that may help the other parent go, okay, well, maybe you're onto something. You know, that thing that you're doing seems to be alleviating some of my child's distress, or it seems to be, you know, making for more cooperation and things like that. And um, sometimes just being, you know, willing to, to start doing things a little bit differently can make a difference and help the other parents see the value in what you're doing. Even though we're talking about uh, parenting and, and, children, and parents not getting along, from a therapist's perspective, they always say, you know, don't go to bed angry. And then I hear lately people be like, go to bed angry, sleep on it. Yeah. What are your thoughts? So as a, a wedding gift, we got a metal sign that says, always kiss me goodnight. And I remember thinking, oh, that's such a sweet sentiment. Yes, we should we should practice that. You know, and probably two to four months in a marriage, I was like, eh, I don't know. That seems like a stupid rule. Um, but, the, but the truth is, and I, I really, really agree with, with the thing you said, the second thing you said, you don't have to have it all sorted out before you go to sleep. If you go to bed angry, you know, it's not the end of the world. Like it'd be great if we could work it all out, but mm -hmm. sometimes you need a good night's rest to get a different perspective. Sometimes you just have to go, Hey, we're not seeing eye to eye. I still tolerate you as a person. I'll see you in the morning and we'll try again. It's, it's awesome if you can work it out. And I know couples that can. And then there's the, the dreaded S word. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Right. Yeah, this one's yeah. hard to say. I, I know you don't like that one. I don't. I really don't. I don't. I wish I knew why I didn't, but I've gotten better. How about that? <laughs> so let's talk about what happens when you have the child come ask you something and it's, I don't know, what'd your mom say? I don't know. Go ask your dad. That's always a tough position to be in as a parent because you're like, what, what'd mom say? She said to ask you. Hmm. Ask her again. <laughs> So the, yeah, that catches you in some loopholes that can get tricky. And, you know, I know that if I get the, well, dad told me to ask you, it's because he doesn't know what the right answer is and he's right. deferring authority to me. So mm -hmm. I try to find the, I try to find that to be like cute and like <laughs> appreciate Guilty. it. But, <laughs> but really it, it comes down to you. Don't, don't do that to each other. You know, say to your child, Hey, I need to talk to your dad about that. Or I need to talk to your mom about that. And we'll get back to you right? The the hard part is that a lot of things that the kids want, they want an answer right now because right. to them, it's like the end of the world. And if you don't respond, like they're going to implode. I'm a big fan of if you spring something on me last minute, it's probably a no. You know, some mm -hmm. things can be a little bit impulsive. I'm not saying we have to schedule every minute of every day, but if you need an answer right away and I don't have time to talk to your other parent, it's probably a no. And so we just kind of set that precedent and that helps. But if you hear the other parents say, well, go ask your mom or ask your dad, you know, have a conversation about, is there something else we could say in that moment? Because you're really just saying, I don't know. And I don't want your, your other parent to be mad at me because I gave the wrong answer. And that's so. the thing, because then I don't want to upset her because I made a decision when she's either, you know, trying to defer authority to me, <laughs> silly girl. Um, 
or how that happens. But yeah, it's always a difficult decision and it never, ever, ever goes, you know, the kid never goes, okay. Yeah. You know, they want that Minecraft subscription right now or whatever <laughs> it is. But you, you could have a discussion with each other about like, Hey, when, when he comes to you and says, or she comes to you and says, I, you know, I asked mom, she said to ask you, then that means, you know, you have the authority to make the decision and she's going to be happy either way. So if, right. if, if, if it's, if the message is, I really don't care and that's why I'm sending you to the other parent, then that's okay. But if it's like passing off of authority because you don't want to get trouble or it's, you know, about something that you really don't think either one of you want to sit down and talk about it, give your kid a clear answer. Related to that, something to keep in mind is that you don't have to have an answer for everything right away with your kids. Like when they're little bitty, yeah, you kind of need an immediate response, right? Like if you've got a toddler that's dumping a thing of paint out on the floor or running into the street, you need to yeah. quickly do something and handle the behavior, right? But if, you you know, older kids who can speak and listen and all those things, if, if you know, they do something that you're not sure about, you don't know if it's a behavioral issue, you don't know if it's an emotional issue, you're not sure how to respond, you don't know if there should be a consequence, you don't have to have that answer right away. You don't have to have a knee-jerk response to everything your child does. You can say, hey, that was really hard. We don't know what just happened there. You seem to be having a tough day. You know, mom and I are going to talk about it and we'll get back to you. Don't worry about it. Right. So if it's a behavioral issue, that'll tend to kind of, you know, they'll be thinking about, oh, I wonder what they're going to do. But if it's emotional, that gives the two of you time to go, well, what was that really about? And do they need a skill? Do they need a consequence? Do they just need another hug? Like what is missing? So I think it's important that parents realize that if you're disagreeing with each other about what should be done, maybe don't do anything yet right? It doesn't have to be resolved right in that moment. And the thing is, even if you try to resolve it in that moment, you're probably not going to be happy with the outcome. I mean, how many threats and consequences have you thrown out that you didn't carry out because you said them when you were upset, right? If you don't yeah. clean your room, I'm going to blah, 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 you know, and I know full well, I'm not going to follow through with that in that moment. But if I think about it for a while, and I come up with something that fits, I'm more likely to do my part as a parent to, to enforce it. Not to pat myself on the back too much, but I usually, if I, if I give a consequence, it is something I will follow through on. And I think I've proven that with my kids. So when dad says that, hopefully they listen. So far they have anyway. And that's important. You want to be pretty consistent with that. Don't say things that you don't mean. Don't say things that you're not going to do, you know, positive or negative. Like don't promise stuff that you're not going to follow up on, but don't sure. threaten things that you're not going to follow up on. Because then it just becomes like lip service and kids aren't motivated by that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, so being clear is important. All right, I'm going to switch gears here, but before I put it into third, um, you promised us a funny story. Yes. Yeah, so the other day I had asked um, one of my children to pick up uh, her room prior to my arrival home. And I got home and I asked my husband if, if the room pickup had taken place. And he said, well, no. But barring violence, I didn't see any other options. And I was like, okay, so that's a no then. And looks like we need to talk about some things. And so I, I share that honest, to be clear, we are not violent and we would not resort yes. to violence to motivate our children to clean their room. Hence funny, funny story. Funny story. Yeah. Nobody got hurt yes. in the making of this episode. Well, that's um, funny story. <laughs> but it, it just kind of, for me, it, it's a moment, like I just, I giggled and we laughed together and it, it just, that's how hard it is sometimes that mm -hmm. you're just like, I, I, nope, the thing didn't happen and I don't know what to do. And I am at a complete loss. So good luck, you know, <laughs> welcome to the party. Um, and that is parenting. Sometimes you just don't know and that's okay. Good for him. He walked away. Mm-hmm. Which is yep. some sound advice, actually, even though it's a, a little funny story. That's actually really good advice to just, yeah. it's okay to just, walk yeah. away. Yeah. It's not worth it. That that room will get cleaned eventually. Or yeah. hmm. 
something, but <laughs> but it is not worth uh, a heated conflict. So, all right, switching gears now. I was going to ask you. Um, we said you shouldn't fight in front of your children. Is it not a good thing for the child to see conflict and the resolution? Yes and no. Okay. It is totally fine for your kids to see you disagree. It is mm-hmm. totally fine for your kids to see you argue. You don't have to keep that private. I've, I've worked with many, many adults who grew up and never, ever saw like a harsh word or disagreement between their parents. And, you know, what I see is they aren't always sure how to deal with uh, disagreement Conflict. in their own yeah. lives. They, do, they don't know what to do if somebody's upset with them because they've not seen it happen. And then people work through stuff. I mean, that's an important lesson to learn. What they what you don't want the kids to see, though, is when you're disagreeing about how you're parenting, those mm-hmm. kind of conversations should probably take place behind closed doors and between the two of you. Because again, it, it just puts some loopholes and some cracks in their foundation. And it, you know, gives them question of like, well, who should I listen to? And well, you know, this, this parent seems to get me better. So I'm going to go to them for everything. And and then, you know, it just kind of creates some division. So it's okay for them to see you fight, but have them see you fight over things like the dishes or who wants to go to, you know, what restaurant or, you know, the smaller things that they can see you work through the conflict, get to the other side and, and be okay again. Um, try not to fight about parenting things. And I, I think that's my point too, is like, if they see you conflict, let them see you resolve it. Mm-hmm. Yes. You may have to have a conversation privately just to get on the same page, but then you kind of got to bring it back in and be like, this is how we had it because you're right. Then the, the child at school is going to have a conflict with a friend and doesn't know how to resolve it. Or once they get older or when they start dating, <laughs> you know, you want them to to have some skills going into big life changes. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's important to see that people can go through stuff and they get to the other side and still care about each other. That's, that's a really, really important part of growing up. Uh, but it, it just, again, when they see the, the back and forth about, well, I think this is, this behavior was because of this. And I think it was because of this and you should have done that. And why did you say that? You know, it just, it makes the kid feel bad. Like it just, it kind of hits their self-esteem. Now I, I'm not, I mean, full disclosure, we've had plenty of disagreements about parenting in front of our kids. And then, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's always had a negative outcome uh, because they they go, oh, well, I don't I don't like the way that makes me feel. And so then you see, you know, kind of an uprising and disrespect or you see a kid who's maybe interpreted or internalized the argument in a way that you didn't intend for them to. So it's just really, really important to try to keep that between the two of you. Sure. You talked about this a little bit about as the kid grows up, but what kind of damage, what kind of harm can happen when there's just constant conflict in front of a child? Yeah. So conflict is is a little bit like stress and cake and anything hmm. else. We need a little, but not too much. And if you have too much, it causes damage and problems. And if you have not enough, then you know that's that's a problem too. So you want to find that sweet spot of like just enough conflict to learn how to resolve things and to and to be able to kind of like be assertive and have the skills for managing these things in your own life, but not so much that it that it harms your ability to interact with others and feel safe in the world. Well that sounds easy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No problem at all, right? Just 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 enough. Find the sweet spot. <laughs> Here's an odd question that just popped into my head. If you're having conflict with your partner, gosh, what if you're right and you know you're right? So the problem with that is that when you think you're right, you know, and I'm using air quotes, you know you're right. But the very fact that you think you're right means you're not going to listen to the other perspective. Like it just puts you in a lockdown and there's no way for anyone to be fully right. I'm shouting because I'm so animated about this one. <laughs> so even if you know you're like hard line, no gray area, mm-hmm. I'm right, they're wrong. I get what you're saying. You're not going to see their side of it. 
Yeah. You, you, you don't have the opportunity to know if you're truly right or wrong because you're not hearing the other perspective. And I, I come from a belief system where I think everybody's a little bit right and a little bit wrong most of the time. And very, very seldom is the explanation or the cause or the, the answer one clear thing with no other give or no other, you know, negotiations along the way. And so, I mean, I certainly think I'm right sometimes. But so you're, you're telling me I'm not right. <laughs> what I'm trying to say, the more right you think you are, the more you should probably be quiet and listen. Because you may be correct, but that other person that you think you're correct over isn't going to hear you and isn't going to care. I think you're wrong. And it's not about being right. <laughs> <laughs> I know you do, but let's seek to understand that. <laughs> so it, so it's not about being right mm -mm. because it's about the child at this point. Yes. Because yes. we're not talking about just arguing without a child there because yes. I can still be right there, right? <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, I'm not going to give you that. Yeah. No, nope. I edit these, Sorry. so I can I can, <laughs> I can cut you out with your answer. Uh, it's a weird little power I hoist. Well, you know what? We got to take it where we can get it. But so it's yeah, it's it is not about being right. And if you know, know yourself. And if you're in the argument and you've now ventured away from what's best for my kid into. I'm going to prove you wrong if it kills me. Mm -hmm. You're probably on the wrong side of it at that point. And it, and it doesn't mean that your your approach or your response was wrong to begin with. It just it just means that now you've jumped overboard into this is this is fighting to fight, not fighting yeah. to come to resolution. And that's where my skill of being passive aggressive comes in quite <laughs> handy. You call it a skill. I call it dysfunctional. I mean, it just <laughs> it depends on how you apply it. Um, you know, everybody's got to have a little little of that in their lives. Chad, I was just thinking of another strategy for okay. uh, parents who, you know, one might think there's a mental health concern and the other is like, mm -hmm. no, I just think it's behavior and you just can't kind of find that that mutual understanding. Agree to disagree, right? Just decide, okay, you think this and I think this and that's okay. We're allowed different perspectives, but then take turns on how to respond. So when hmm. the child does the thing in question, you know, parent A gets to, gets to do what they think is right based on what they're seeing. And the other parent kind of just pipes down and allows that to happen and watches and sees the outcome. And, you know, did it help? Did it not have a conversation about it later? The next time the behavior is displayed, then parent B gets to use their approach as long as it's, you know, safe. I'm not, mm, I'm not sure about um, anything like that. But and then you evaluate and then you compare notes. And the, and the cool thing about kids, mental health issues, no mental health issues. Kids are going to give you multiple chances to try again to do better, right? They're going to every day. You're going to have multiple opportunities to try to improve upon your last response. And so, uh, there's, you know, even if you did come to an agreement, uh, this is how we should handle it. It doesn't mean you're going to do it that way. You know, I, I'm, I have a very clear set of this is how I think we should handle this type of behavior um, in our household. And I am inconsistent at times. You mm -hmm. know, if you're if you're just off kilter, you're having a rough day, you're tired, you're not thinking it through, and so. Even if you do agree, you're you're still gonna kind of drop the ball and not always be on that same page. And so just know that instead of looking at it as, you know, we don't agree and we can't find common ground, look at it as your kids are gonna give you a million chances to try to do it differently, to try to improve it. And then I'm assuming too, uh, I shouldn't even assume, I should just tell you that the sound advice, because I think you'll agree with me, don't badmouth the other parent in front of the child. Yeah, that's real important. Especially in like divorced families. Mm -hmm. Like I think that would create quite a bit of harm on the child. Mm -hmm. That's that's not the place to do that. That's exactly right. And so and, and actually that brings up another another thought. Like a lot of what we've talked about, I think we've sort of envisioned it in, you know, a household where both parents are present right. in the same household and, and together. Conflict 
over parenting when you are divorced or not living together, that is so much harder. That just, that just takes it to the next level because you're, you're sharing your child with a person who you maybe don't appreciate, or maybe your values are very, very different. You've already decided you don't get along well enough to live together or to be in the same home or to be in a relationship. And so trying to share a child with that person is very, very difficult. And I've seen beautiful examples of, you know, co-parents not living together, not together in a relationship where they work through these things and they, mm-hmm. they communicate and they they do better than some, you know, married or, or living in the same house families. Um, so it can be done, but it's the same rules. You, you still have to like stay calm and you have to listen and you have to take seriously the other person's perspective. And so to your point about uh, bad mouthing, yeah, that's that's like even before the calming down, maybe, Chad, that's that's rule numero uno um, for all of this is that the minute that you slam the other parent or say anything derogatory toward them or do anything, it just makes it makes your child question their, you know, their security system. It makes them question this person who, who is their person. Right. And so goodness knows we disagree with our significant others. And there are times that I get very angry with my significant other, but I don't want my kids to experience any of that because that's their parent. Right. And they have the opportunity and the right and the freedom to decide how they feel about their parents. I don't want to influence that. Yeah. And, and, it, and the same is true. This, this is a little bit of a segue to a different topic that we can come back to. But it's also important their kids don't hear you badmouth their teachers or mm-hmm. coaches or other adults in their life. Because when you start to question those, then, the, the, you know, the, the trust that the kids have in those systems can be really, really tricky for them to maintain, too. I think maybe it's important to say that sometimes, you know, we all break the rules that we're putting out here. And none of it is truly a rule. It's simply a guideline and we're not going to do it all right. And and I think that's kind of the message I want to hit home to in this episode is it's okay to mess up. It's okay to disagree. You know, even if you do slam that your 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 co-parent, you can correct that. Yeah. You can come back around and say, "You know what? Kiddo, I said a really mean thing about your dad and I was angry and I was in the red zone and I didn't mean that thing." I said it because I was hurt and I was upset or I was frustrated or whatever. Label your emotions. Talk about why you did what you did. Show them how you can make that right. Um, I think that's one of the most important things is is that acknowledge your flaws, your mistakes. If you have a fight in front of your kids about how you're parenting them, sit them down afterwards when everybody's back in a good space and say, that was hard, wasn't it? I bet you didn't like hearing that. I bet it was really hard to hear mom and dad say those things. That must have really hurt. You know, tell me how you felt about it. From a parent standpoint, one of the hardest and also most impactful moments was when I admitted in front of my son that I was wrong about something. We were having a discussion and I flat out said, you know, I did this that was wrong. It was not the right way to act or whatever. I don't remember the specific example, but I remember thinking after the fact, like that was hard. It was a hard pill for me to swallow, but I saw my son in a different light and I knew he saw me in a different light and it was a, it was a game changer in parenting. Cause I said at the beginning of the episode, you know, I started parenting the way I was parented and then he'd come in with a significant other with my wife and she's parenting the way she parented. And then when you get the diagnosis of anxiety and you start going, okay, you can't discipline some of those actions because it's because he's anxious or scared about something. It's changed the way I parent. It's changed before the better. It's frustrating as I'll get out some days, don't get me wrong, but it's made me a better, more understanding human being. And I think that's great. I love what you just said, Chad, about you, you, you know, kind of own some stuff. You talked with your son, you saw him in a different light. He saw you in a different light. I just think that as parents, we sometimes underestimate how powerful it is to model, you know, true, you know, conflict resolution and apologies and ownership. Um, there's nothing better than being able to show your child 
that you know you were wrong because kids have a really hard time taking responsibility for themselves. Like that's kind of one of the conditions of childhood. They're not ready to do that. It takes a, a lot of time to get there. And so if they see you doing that to them and owning when you've hurt their feelings or when you've not listened to them or when you were incorrect or wrong, that's so powerful. Yeah. Also very powerful, the wise words of John Dickinson, united we stand, divided we fall. He wrote it, said it about the uh, United States and everything, but I think it really, really sums up this episode quite nicely, Nikki, about parenting children, especially parenting children with anxiety. United we stand, divided we fall. So hopefully you've picked up uh, a lot of good information here and advice. Uh, Feel free to reach out to us on Facebook um, under this as we post it. If you have any questions or comments, go ahead and interact with us and uh, we'd be happy to answer. Yeah, I was, I was going to say that too. I, I feel like as, as we're wrapping up, there's probably 40 or 50 more points kind of bouncing through my head that we could talk about. And so if you feel like something was missed, if, if you have a question, um, we would love to interact with you and provide some information. And it might even spawn a whole nother episode where your issue can then help other parents who most likely are having the same issue. Next time on Scrambled episode 16, we're going to talk about things that the schools can do to help your anxious kiddo. We talked in uh, an episode a couple episodes ago about 504s, and we said we'd hit on it a little harder, and IEPs. We're going to break that down a little bit. We've got a special guest who's a coordinator of special education, and we're going to talk about everything the school can do to help your child and why it's important that you guys all work together for the sake of the child. Our goal is to start a conversation, and that conversation continues with you. 